it is it is barbecue and picnic potato sticks are, are that is the like thing they're also eating is alongside of it uh there's a lot of like american food that shows up in this movie he has uh honey nut cheerios and then like his like mug is a my little pony mug and you're just like okay this <laughs> it's like random little things our culture is pervasive and has gone around the world um yep for better or worse <laughs> Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide, Disco Citizens, the podcast where gorehounds and best friends Terry Gamble and Julia Marchesi break down a different horror movie each week, exploring a multitude of genres, subgenres, and sub-subgenres, classic and cult, international and underground flicks alike, determining which films are the goriest, and offering up horror movie survival guide tips to, to help, help you stay alive. Disco citizens, I hope you are ready for some horror movie survival guide. Tara, you ready? I'm so ready. Like, Julia, I literally look forward to this every freaking week with you because I, A, am obsessed with you. B, I'm so grateful that you showed me horror movies and made me, you know, your minion, your bitch, and now like your colleague, <laughs> you know? And my then, equal, my equal. That's what I'm saying. And now your colleague. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like I got to like grow up with you like in the horror world. And I could not be like, might cry a little right now. I could not be Aww. more happy. We've had such a great adventure and like just so many fun things in this world that have opened up to me and people I've gotten to meet because it's such a great like just like intro. Do you know what I mean though? Like mm. I feel like horror people are the coolest people and mm -hmm. typically the nicest people. And I just Agreed. love it. Like I saw some guy with amazing tattoos a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh, and there, he had like a whole horror arm and like we just like chatted about it and ended up like making a new friend like right there. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, horror. Yeah. Uh, this week we are talking about 2017's Rift, which was written and directed by Erlinger Thoritsen, which is a Icelandic film, which we are very excited. This is the first in a round of foreign horror films that we're doing international horror films. We love to, uh, the, you know, every country does horror different. And so it's always exciting to see the different kind of visuals and pacing. And, and so this one- And what scares I, people around the world? It's different. True. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to say that this one checks off three boxes for us because we have an international- gay christmas film which yeah. I, I was like you this is all this a few of all. my favorite things yeah if you want to <laughs> this could be your next christmas movie guys it takes place at christmas so we always love an offset I, I mean my christmas movies are gremlins and um brazil so you know this is <laughs> brazil is set at christmas motherfuckers <laughs> i and love that I'm movie such a like christmas Ju bitch and i'm just like i'm like white christmas um you know your, like, your judy garland christmas special 1963 judy garland christmas special that i have on vhs i make all my friends every year i assemble my judy garland it is a garland i put over my fireplace with a bunch of pictures of judy garland it is mm -hmm. the judy garland um it is a delight and i i appreciate my friends uh, humoring me but it is the most ridiculous special ever so yes but also very gay and very holiday so here we are doing another gay holiday moment which i love this beautiful film so uh we we open on a uh did we do title of this episode sorry oh no uh the disappearance field thank you mm -hmm. Uh, that is, that is the beginning. Uh, there's mm -hmm. someone asking about when's the last time you saw uh, Enar. So then we have a broken up gay couple who are meeting at a con at a 
party who are very awkward together. A very awkward hello. It is that thing where you're like, we're both at the same party. But I imagine in Iceland, it probably happens a lot. I remember dating a guy from there for a little while. And there's only like half a million people or something in this particular area. So it's like, that's not a lot of like, as far as like how big it is and like that space. And there's a lot of like, everyone kind of knows each other a little bit. It's not... But- but this city's full of millions. Los Angeles is full of billions of people. And uh, Terry knows every single one of them. I would just no. like you to know that. Anywhere I go, she knows somebody. This is how she works. Uh, but maybe, and she even knows someone from Iceland. So here we are. I so, know you. And I asked him literally when we were dating, I was like, oh, like he's like in the, in the music scene. And I was like, oh, do you know Bjork? And he's like, actually, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> of course. Of course you do. So that's kind of how it works there. Because it's only like, it's the population of Wyoming, which is also very small. So I feel like it's got that like kind of like wide open space vibe as well where it's a lot of wide open country people are very far apart but people know each other like neighbors will check up on each other I feel like that's a normal thing out there because it is so sparse and you know you want to see people sometimes um but it's a tough land so Gunnar and I and you know are having this conversation and Mm -hmm. you know it's like hey he puts his beer bottle on the edge or up on a high up on a balcony and he starts to kind of push it near the edge and like oh would you save me if I was if this was me would you save me and he keeps kind of doing it and Gunnar doesn't do anything and he pushes it over and he just goes nope (laughs) and it smashes below and you go okay that was a test that he failed uh but it's also when garner's card he doesn't know how to react and think is he fucking around like is this serious what does he want me to be doing right now it feels like a manipulation you know like when your ex is like i would die without you kind of a thing and it's just like Mm. that like awfulness of like putting someone's uh putting your emotional uh, self, you're putting your your heart in their hands, so to speak, and being like, squash it already, like just daring him to like continue to hurt him. And it's mm-hmm. like clearly, you guys still have some work you need to do, or maybe you just both need therapy at this point. You know what I mean? Though, like to get o- get over this, or at least Einar does. At least it seems like. And so, uh, he we uh, flash forward to um, Gunner in bed with his new boyfriend, and he gets a middle of the night call. Um, and it does not sound good. Einar sounds like he is not well and like he might hurt himself. So he's very concerned, especially after we've got that little preliminary of like him doing this bottle thing and sound, having those suicidal kind of thoughts and things. So And asking like, him, would you save me? Mm-hmm. And so now he's like, oh, OK, it wasn't a bluff. He really does want me to come save him. Um, so we haven't mentioned that uh, this is Bjorn Steffesen who plays uh, Gunnar and uh, Sidor. Ark Oscarson, who plays uh, Inar, and they are both fantastic. It's basically them for most of the movie kind of by themselves. And so we, uh, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to leave. He's uh, Gunnar has a new boyfriend. Uh, we get to see them sleeping in bed. A little nudity for the whoever wants to see it. And he decides to leave his new boyfriend to go to try to save his ex-boyfriend. And he's like, I'll, I'll be back. It's you know, a thing. I'm just worried. And like he tries to play it off like it's not that serious, but it seems very serious. Mm-hmm. So he does this all night drive. It's like literally pitch black when he leaves. But it's by the time he gets out to wherever the heck this is in the middle of no freaking where it's sunrise already. So there's light out. So that's a long drive to the middle of freaking nowhere. So we find out it's like this country home, basically. Um, it's Einar's parents place um, that he's holed up in. And... Uh- 
there's like a swing set. It's like probably where he was as a child. So there's like a swing set out front and kind of reminded me of, um, what was that two sisters movie? I think it was oh, it, yeah, in yeah. Korea where it's mm-hmm. like the house is in the middle of kind of nowhere. You're not sure what's real anymore. As you get out there in that country kind of mindset right. has the swing set in front, the same kind of like kind of vibe too. But I, I mean, Iceland and I, I have actually been to Iceland and oh, yeah. it feels like another planet. It doesn't feel like earth because there really isn't, grass right it's really just kind of different formations of rocks there's geysers and all sorts of stuff and there is some greenery in some parts but not really so you do feel like there isn't plant life around you so without it's like trees cold. or anything yeah, yeah and it's cold, it's just all the time, cold right? year round too because they were like talking about the end of summer and they were like and it was freezing like it's like they even have a whole conversation about that so you get that it's just always kind of a brutal place where you're probably always going to need your little jumper or sweater or whatever to like just be outside yeah you don't have any trees to shield that wind for you you're Mm-mm. just it's going to blow across those plains so he gets there uh and the door is not open the door is open and he just comes in the house uh, and he is not there, but he finds a video of him that he just sits in and is like, Oh, it's computer and comes in and like, and so I don't know if he thinks it he's was like, is there? he snooping or is he just saying like, Oh, maybe he left me a message on his I don't think he's sure. Cause he's like, Oh, the door is open. Oh, maybe he went out for a walk or something. So he's like, also because he called in such distress, he's like wondering where he might've wandered off to. So if the door is open, he's like, mm-hmm. maybe there is something there. But there's also not just the thing. There's a video on there. So it's like Einer, you know, he has like portrait of an artist. He's like giving like a little story of him, like out relaxing on this rock and talking about why he doesn't know why he's there and all this stuff. And um, he finds him, eventually finds him out outside. Um, uh, and he's like, did you drunk dial me? Like, what's going on? He's like, oh, you know. He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember mm-hmm. calling at all. So he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, you called me in the middle of the night. And not only does he make it seem like he might kill himself, it also makes it seem like there's something there with him, right? He keeps talking about like, something's not right when I come out here and there's something that's always with me and I don't know And what the door won't so. stay closed. So it keeps right. like a spirit or something is like opening it. And so there's already like this weird paranoia, like haunted house style of right, like, but, is this a haunted house movie now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the great thing is that Terry and I have never, not one of, neither one of us has seen this film and I don't, I know nothing about it, right? I know it's from Iceland. That's all I know. And so yeah. it can go in any kind of direction, which is kind of the fun part of it. So, uh, Inar immediately says, are you here to save me? And he's like, yeah, he kind of is, but now you don't need saving. And he's kind of like, you can go. I'm fine. You don't need to be here. He's like, but you called me. Something is happening and he's trying to figure out what it is. Yeah, so he pushes on that, and then he's finally Einar like concedes and it's like, okay, you can stay if you cook me something. So he's like, okay. So Gunnar um, cooks him up some barbecue, and he calls his boyfriend. And he's like, uh, what are you doing? He's like, well, hey, can yeah. I just backtrack to this barbecue, please? It is it is barbecue and picnic potato sticks, or that is the like thing they're also eating is alongside of it. Uh, there's a lot of like American food that shows up in this movie. He has uh, honey nut Cheerios and then like his like mug is a My Little Pony mug and you're just like okay this <laughs> it's like random little things. Our culture is pervasive and has gone around the world. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. For better they, or worse. <laughs> he does ask him why he's there because this is not no you know he lives uh, in Reykjavik and he says that he there's something happened here that he wanted to remember that he cannot remember Mm -hmm. so he is going through something out here by himself but doesn't want anybody else to be there to be in the middle of it but Mm -hmm. now a gun is already kind of dragged in 
Yeah. And so after they have dinner, they head up to bed, but Gunnar goes to the guest bedroom and Einar's like, this is so weird. We slept next to each other for so long and now you're making up a guest bed. That's weird. But Gunnar's like, yeah, I have a boyfriend now, basically. So I'm no, gonna... he doesn't tell me. He doesn't tell him yet. yet, but he's like still standoffish about it. Um, and Einar still seems to be pushing, you know, trying to, but he's like, no, 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 I'm going to stay here. But he has a really restless night of sleep and it still seems like he's feeling himself, uh, feeling mm -hmm. some things uh, while he's in that space and uh, kind of looks like he's having like a sexy dream or something. It's pretty hot. Anyway, yeah, he's yeah. reaching down out of a blanket for a little yeah. bit of the, now there's a knock at the door in the middle of the night. But we also get a drip drip of the faucet, which I think is kind of like a nice little dit 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 after seeing that little moment. So mm. I was like, oh, cinematography fun. It's like a little <laughs> train going through a tunnel back in the day. Like I was like, show me him having a sexy dream and then a drip drip of the faucet. Great. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. got it. So they go to wake up in the middle of the night to this very loud knocking on the door, but no one is there. So uh, they uh, Gunnar meets Goya, who is the neighbor from Hold across on. the They way. look around and he thinks oh. he hears a voice is what he also says too. And he feels like there is someone there as well. And he thinks he's hearing a voice while he's outside. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, meets the neighbor and says that there have been some break-ins. So just wanted to know, because she doesn't know who he is. She's like, who are you? Why are you mm -hmm. here? Because there's, you know, there is, there are farms nearby, but not really nearby. They're still pretty far away. Yeah. So it's not like they're going to hear anything that's happening, but they're there because she's checking in. She's like, there have been break-ins. You're a stranger. I don't know you. Uh, but she clearly knows more than she's telling. And she has a very guarded uh, thing going Countenance, on. Yes. Countenance, yes. Um, Mm hmm. And so she in Gunner's like, you know, I'm I am the ex-boyfriend basically of Einar. This is his parents place. Like I know them like and she's like, oh, OK, like susses him out. But she still seems a little like standoffish. Um, but she does let him know about all the stuff. And she's like, well, there is a farm not too far away, um, you know, and, and uh, if you need any other help, you know, this is this is it. So. She, he, you know, gets her out of there and they end up, you know, playing chess and like, you know, doing some other stuff. And, um, you know, um, he feels like it's healthy to spend and, and Einar feels like it's healthy to spend time alone. Um, and you get that he's probably been spending too much time alone drinking yeah. and Gunner's like, it's not alone with vodka though, dude. Like that's probably not the best. Yeah. But and they actually have a fight about that. And, mm -hmm. and Gunner ends up as like fucking fine. Then if you want me out, I'll go. So he leaves to go back to Reykjavik and stops to get gas goes into the gas station and sees uh, the girl in there and the girl's looking at him real weird. And the whole time I was like, what is, what is her deal? What is happening here? And there's like, and he's like, what? Like he feels it too. Like something strange mm -hmm. is happening. And mm -hmm. she said, are you leaving? And he said, yes. And he's like, just don't pick up any hitchhikers. Like, okay. Uh, it feels and very cryptic. Like you're like, okay, is the, are the hitchhikers out here ghosts? Like I was like, what is going on? I do not know. Or is there like a murderous hitchhiker out here? So we've heard of burglars, hitchhikers, like yes. but it's the middle of nowhere. Like what's going on out here? But we do keep seeing uh, a gentleman because when uh, Gunnar had been driving into town, he had seen um, a red Jeep on the side of the road and this guy in coveralls who looked like he was fixing the car and kind of looks at him. But every time they drove by and you see him, you kind of just see the coveralls. Like you don't ever see the person's face. Uh, so it could be Michael Myers. We don't really know. It's just somebody standing totally totally mash up but, mash up fully it's the same universe oh my god okay michael myers uh -huh. in iceland <laughs> oh my god okay why don't we just do that just let's okay. do that we got a pitch right. we got a pitch um 
So yeah, so he's like, yeah, no, I, w- I won't pick up a hitchhiker. But of course, as soon as he's like driving down, leaving there, he sees someone by the side of the road. And like, I was like, oh no, oh no. Um, he doesn't pick him up, but he does make another stop to this like weird, like abandoned space. And he sees another person all of a sudden with like a red hoodie. And I was like, is that Einer again? Because we keep seeing this like motif of, of Einer or someone who's a semblance of him in a red hoodie. So you can't Which tell reminded it. me of Don't Look Now. When he's mm-hmm. just like chasing with like the little re- little red coat around, like mm-hmm. you just see like little glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. And it could be different people, but you're not sure. Um, but he's like, but you can tell that he keeps seeing Einer everywhere he goes kind of a thing. Um, and you can't tell if Gunnar is really still tethered to reality or not. And this is where I was like, it could be dreams or not. It's like as things go forward in this film, um, which keeps you kind of on your toes. And I guess kept thinking like, why does he keep stopping? Um, he ends up getting out of his car and he finds the cell phone. Um, and I was like, that seems really weird. Is this Einar's phone? Um, and he ends up, I all of a sudden, Einar's next to him and telling him about this place, this, that, this rift, um, this like little like chasm that they're next to out in this field of, of rock. And um, he calls, says it's the disappearance field. It's where people get lost out here. Um, that's what they call it that. And back in the day, he tells them the story about these sheep um, that were, it was a sheep shelter during like a storm. Um, during a snowstorm, but they ended up calling it the starvation pit because all the sheep got stuck and a bunch of sheep that died, um, you know, were followed by a fox basically down in there and they were attacked and the other sheep that survived ended up eating the other sheep's carcasses. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like this horrible kind of cannibalistic, awful death, unfortunately. Um, And at this point I was like, is Einar a ghost talking to him right now too? Because I can't tell because he all of a sudden popped out of freaking just nowhere. and so all of a sudden the red hoodie guy starts running and then we see the red Jeep again out like outside. And mm-hmm. so there's more, um, more strangeness. Uh, they, but they end up going home and having a very nice Christmas. They listen to some music. There's a little kiss in and they talk, they're talking. Uh, and I, you know, talks to him about his, his imaginary friend that he had when a little, he was a little boy. Lemoy. Lemoy. And he was like, Lemoy? He's like, Yep, that's the name. Because he said it, and I said that too. I was like, Lemoy. He was like, yep, that was his name. Uh, and he it was like, he, it's like Leonard Nimoy, like, strangely, like... Mashed uh, up. Mashed up, yeah. That's what my, <laughs> where my mind went. I was like, nerd alert. Um, <laughs> but he talks about how his imaginary friend was not a nice imaginary best friend. That he kept trying to make him do things he didn't want to do, including luring him out into this uh, disappearance field at five years old and then leaving him there. And so now he says he's all alone in the middle of this field and uh, a field. It's not a field. It's a rock field of rock. It's a rock field, Field. rock field, rock field, rock field. Uh, So he says (laughs) he's in the rock field. And the thing about a rock field is it's not like there's markers anywhere. It's not like there's a tree or any sort of thing to get your balance. Like you don't, there'd be nothing. So he says he was there all alone and he was five. And he, so he started screaming and screaming and screaming and then his parents finally found him. But he said when they moved to the city, Lemoy le- didn't, he left. He left Lemoy Lemoy stayed behind. in the country. Yeah. Yes. He's like, he didn't come with me to the city. He stayed out here in the country. So he said he thinks he died. Mm-hmm. Just sad in that drop dead Fred kind of way, you know. But also, did he? Because we don't know. Maybe Lemoy's still out there. And because... I, w- I would definitely take a drop dead Fred over Lemoy, right? Like, a drop dead oh. Fred's kind of obnoxious, but he's also really fun. Yeah, no, he's like mischievous fun. He's kind of like you, Julia, a little wild card, um, you know, um, might, might get you into some fun shenanigans and whatnot. You can um, compare me to Rick Mayall any day you like because he is fantastic. Done. 
done. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, you know, we're he, he says that we're not alone while they're in there, and it feels very strange because they're in also end up in like this other abandoned house, like. Things just keep as as things progress in this film, I'm like losing more and more threads. I'm like, I don't know anymore if this it's about the relationship. Is this about them still trying to figure out what's going on? Um, but they end up back at the cabin and they end up, you know, playing music and Einer's smoking. Um, and like Gunner's like, what are you why no, and you know, why are you smoking? Um, and they're playing, you know, records and stuff and kind of having a grand little time and while they're having this whole story. Um, and um they hear, yeah. start hearing sounds again at night. Uh, but yeah. he does he does ask if he'd ever met anybody from around here. And mm-hmm. uh, he says that there was basically the grinders, but there's like, you're in the middle of nowhere. There's a handful of farms and you're gay. Like your, you know, your chances, your choices are very, very slim. So he said there was somebody that he met out here, but when he got to the door, he wasn't what he thought he was. And so he left. Um, so they, uh, he wakes up in the middle of the night, Gunnar wakes up in the middle of the night and and it's gone he's not there the door is open and he finds him wandering around outside in his underwear and he's been sleepwalking and mm-hmm. so he's like how long have you been doing this and he's like oh i haven't i used to do it as a kid but it's like stressed kind of related but he's like i can't help it like i don't do it on purpose but this is, right. this is how, it, how it is and then you know you have to think about how the actors look so cold in this entire movie like cold and so you're like that you're walking around in your underwear in that and you're just asleep you don't even don't even feel it and i imagine there's rocks and he's barefoot and goodness in iceland like tundra so to speak like it's like too much um so this is that cute little moment though where he you know um gunner gets him in there and he like wraps him in a little towel and stuff and or blankie and he has his little my little pony mug right here which is just so sweet and I was like, that's the gayest pony, little moment. So sweet. Like, that was probably his little mug that he asked for when he was a kid because he was a cute little gay boy or whatever, too, because yeah. it's been out there forever. Um, my Little Pony for Life. That mm-hmm. was my jam. Fuck Barbie. My Little Pony's where it's at. Oh, I love My Little Pony. I had the castle, baby. I oh. had the castle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and the stables. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This I was so- rolling in it. I had my friends come over. <laughs> I was like, I got the castle. Come visit. Bring your ponies. And we had a pony party. Pony um, party. This is what it's great to be a little girl. Um, yeah. It's- be a little kid who gets pony stuff because little boys have them too, like these boys. So Gunner's on Grinder. Um, he um, steals um, uh, Einer's phone basically because he, after the story, so he goes through the phone and he sees and he's like, is it like if he gets all jealous basically kind of a thing or, you know, um, and, you know, it's it's but, they have but a he comes in that. and is like mm-hmm. yeah why are you going through my phone what are you doing mm-hmm. which is valid because i would be pissed if anybody came through and was like what are you doing on my phone what, like are what? you jealous like what's going on yeah. yeah not my boyfriend anymore you don't have that privilege uh and even then i haven't given my boyfriends that privilege like we could do it together but you don't get to just go through my phone oh, yeah we get to swipe together i think that's that's perfectly valid okay um, uh so we- the uh, gunner does have another conversation with the neighbor to be mm-hmm. like i've seen there's some stuff going on things are weird there, I keep seeing this weird man. Like, what is the deal? And she's like, "Well, he's like, is there anybody you know strange in the area?" But he's the stranger. She's like, right? "Beside you, yeah, no like, one. You're the outsider. So why would I tell you anything? This is how small communities work, right? You're like all, everybody insular, helping each other. But then he starts leaving. She's like, "Well, there is one guy, and he's known for being quite frisky." And you're like, "Oh, 
He's yeah. the dirty old man down the lane that your mom but, tells you not to go to his house. He's that yeah. guy. Like it's yeah. clearly that guy, right? It's like the one that everyone kind of knows. He's like the old man at church that everyone knows not to, you shouldn't go, go to his house or accept candy from like, he's that guy, right? He's a creeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like down the old farm, Greta's farm. Um, he's an old man and he would lure young men would stay there and do odd jobs, she would say. So I was like, mm, mm-hmm. okay, what are the odd jobs that they were doing? Um, so Gunner, of course, is going to go down to that farm as you would when you hear information like this, because this is the weirdo and you got to go figure it out. And he's poking through the windows and he sees pics and videos through the window of men. Um, so he's like, oh, OK, so he is the um, he would lure young men over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, and we he he goes to the beach or something like that mm-hmm. with Einer. And they um, are, you know, talking about their relationship and like, you know, because it feels like this felt like a flashback. I wasn't quite sure exactly where I was in this moment, too. But he talks about how, you know, he's all up in the air. But, um, you know, Einer feels like he's more grounded or stuff like that, too. And it's just this weird dichotomy of who's Mm -hmm. actually grounded, who's not. And it feels like it should be flip flopped in some ways, too. But they're remembering that last day of summer. He talks about how the glacier was all cold, but we found this old house and you know, what, what they're, you know, he talks about, they start talking about their first time and they find out that they both had really kind of traumatic, awful um, entries into sexuality and their lives and growing up and, and their first sexual experiences were both pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he, and this is where he tells him, uh, cause I, it, and it's like, we, let's get back together. Like we're so good together. Let's do it. And he's like, I have a, boyfriend which i have to say was bearing the lead quite a bit on gunner's part that he should have made that clear quite earlier in this film but But i get why he didn't because the guy was suicidal and he's like if he's already telling me he's suicidal because i'm not with him if i give him one more nail so to speak proverbially in the coffin that could send him over i understand why he did it yes should he have come clean earlier absolutely but it was so difficult especially with how he's all off kilter he's literally seeing red jackets everywhere i don't know if he's okay to tell him that either yeah uh but i i get so mad that he almost throws a pot of boiling water at him and but stops himself at the last second and you're like oh and he they both realize what that was like that just you just put a big rift if you will between us because if you that would have been goodness yeah, like, was... that, that's like that's that's like a deal breaker, right? If someone almost throws a pot of boiling water on you, that's a deal. Yeah, breaker. I'd probably leave right there. Yeah. Yeah. Not Done. probably like I would leave right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would not be a reason to stay. I think, uh, yeah, domestic abuse is there's no excuse. I don't I don't. Mm-mm. Bye. Mm-mm. Bye. Go work on yourself. Go continue working on yourself. Yeah. So um, but he ends up instead of, you know, in that moment with the threat, he ends up just walking away. And then we forward to like, you know, a video of Einer playing music and he's watching a video of him. And then he seems really sweet. You see this other side of him immediately. So you can see the sensitivity of that. Mm -hmm. um, But it's still kind of awful. So they end up chatting, um, you know, and kind of making making up to a semblance. And um, And Gunnar finds a goes he sees the man, the coveralls guy hanging is hanging out and finds a GoPro that he had dropped and he finds footage of himself not that long before like that person had just been in that house filming you and you were sleeping and yeah that's about the worst footage you could find on there 
Yeah, it's super weird and um true. Um but he also in the footage sees um a hand coming out from under the bed. So there's someone there's someone else as well. Yeah, so they're not sure. So they really are not alone in the house. They're feeling that they're not alone in this space. Um, and Gunner ends up, you know, crawling in, in the bed and telling, you know, Einer because uh, basically how he um, lost his virginity and it's fucking awful. Uh, trigger warning, it's like sexual assault. Um, but basically he gets lured by a guy and he's like, you know, shows up um, basically through like this old chat thing called IRC. So I'm guessing it's like saying like AIM, like for us Americans, like American AOL, like chat rooms and stuff like uh-huh. that back in the day. And he shows up and he says the guy was supposed to be 30 and he ends up getting, you know, meeting at a bus stop. And the guy is definitely not 30, like from his picks. He's probably 10 years older. He shows up and heavier. And there's another guy there when he walks into the room. He's like shaking in his boots, though, goes in. And then, of course, there's another guy shows up who's got a camera. So there's this element of like video capturing these men mm-hmm. along the way that we've had throughout the film, too. That's a really cool motif of them at different stages of their life. So seeing them in these joyous moments, but also seeing like that, that something like terrible like this got captured and he basically got um raped by these men um he was bleeding and they still continued on and basically got gang raped by these guys um just just awful and at the end he said thank you when he left just like broken um and so they really kind of commiserate over that because they both have these very kind of broken intros into their their sexuality but we Mm -hmm. don't ever hear in our story he says that he was too young but yep. that's all he says. So right. he, he has this kind of cryptic and, it, you know, and it's coming clear to us. Like that's part of why he's not remembering anything. And he's here to remember it's whatever that part of the Lemoy thing. And we feel like it might be something to do with the farmer down the road as well as what we're, I think, gathering. At least mm-hmm. I was inferring. Um, and I read a little bit after this and I know the director kind of left a little ambiguous for us. So I was just like, all right, it, it worked. Um, so um you know, Einer's like, no, I, um, they end up kissing in that moment. Cause it's such a, like, you know, a cathartic moment for Gunner to kind of finally come clean about this and why he's been kind of standoffish. Cause if that's your introduction to, you know, intimacy, so to speak, or that part of your sexuality can really, you know, color other, your other relationships and how you interact with people. Sure. Um, but they kiss and then all of a sudden it's like gorgeous outside the Aurora Borealis, the Northern lights are going. And he's like, Oh, our first kiss was also underneath these Northern lights. And you're like, Oh, and of course they still, you know, I kind of still loves him, but it's mm-hmm. just this also kind of pity because he's, falling apart and also you know to feel like that's your fault that you drove someone to that state which is of course not really how it is right it's like it's not his fault to how Einer feels that he can't make him feel differently uh, but they still have this kind of love for each other so uh Gunnar goes out to the abandoned house again and the red jeep is there and uh, so he hears the coveralls man coming and so he ends up hiding in the closet and the, uh, he finds him that we finally meet our our frisky old man uh finds him hiding in the closet but he's like oh i'm i'm looking for him i, th- I thought he would come back here and leaves like oh okay all right then that was awkward and it felt really scary and but it seemed like super innocuous when he leaves so you're like okay uh really all right that's it Uh, but but then he starts hearing a little boy's voice and he starts to follow the little voice and the voice says that his name is Lemoy. and you go oh 
no. Okay. So uh, we, we go into a room where uh, we have a pile of blankets over in the corner talking to you in a little boy's voice. And I'm like, that's horror movie survivor guy tip. Uh, if a voice, disembodied voice, which also happens to be the voice of the imaginary friend that your boyfriend had when he was a kid and they're hiding under a pile of blankets, uh, don't, don't approach. I'm going to guess that's a ghost or like a bad spirit or a demon. And I would probably walk out that door even. Yeah. Yep. I would, that's when you nope out. But you know what? It's a horror movie. So you know what he's not going to do? He's not going to nope out right there. He's going to keep going. Um, and uh, so uh-huh. all of a sudden it's like, this is the jump scare moment of the movie for me right here. I was like, what happened? I wasn't quite sure. It was like all of a sudden the pile of blankets like comes at him. And like, it's like, yeah. ah, what? <laughs> but then he's knocked out. So yeah. then you go, okay. We don't well, know. We don't know what that was. Um, and so he ends up... Uh, going out and wandering around to try to find Enar and he had seen him over by that rift he like seems to be drawn to so he goes over there um and finds him dead in the rift all curled up like a little sheep Uh, but kneeling next to him is a bloody rock so at first he felt like he had just probably jumped in and and hurt himself or had taken something and like oh no he was killed somebody just killed him and then you're like oh fuck like, like it would be such a crazy couple of seconds of realization so then he's like on alert because it's like okay something else did happen in here and so this is where we get like the final kind of boss battle with like the big bad so to speak of this like of this guy um with the box cutter old man you know with the yep. like exacto Sh- knife shade, mm-hmm. shades of mandy right we had an exacto knife as a weapon in mandy as well crazy okay yeah we did have that last time too so yeah so we have our little exacto box cutter um you know coming at you and a rock and stuff and so they have but their- it's such a it's such an odd battle because he he cuts him with the exacto knife in the hand and then he kind of looks confused and runs away and i was like oh oh is that it but then comes in through the other side of the rift with a rock and then like really starts going for him i was like i don't i don't he's like a fox just kind of playing with him i don't really know what he's doing but he's- well that's literally a fox because it was a fox with a sheep that's the original story so sure. that makes kind of sense to have it be like that kind of weirdness but also i still kept being like is this a dream or is he inflicting the wounds himself i still am not 100 percent convinced that einer is alive i thought he was a ghost the whole time yeah. Do you know what I mean, though? And like that, like a really Gunnar had like a massive hallucination out in the middle of nowhere and like made a lot of this happen himself because he felt so guilty about Einar being gone. Yeah, because he uh, could have been dead in the rift the whole time. Like he could have called him and he said he like lost his phone out there. Um, and then he found the phone out there. So yeah. he could have been calling him and then he ended up dying out there after like, you know what I mean? So what he meets is the ghost from the beginning, I thought. But um. But he goes uh, back to the house after he's, you know, gone through the rift, makes it out of there and bandages his hand, grabs yeah, called, his phone, calls the police. And uh, as he's heading out of town, he sees, uh, you know, hitchhiking on the side of the road. And it's like, yep, going to pick him up. So just stops. Uh, and then we get a knock on the window and a fade and a cut to black. And who knows? Ah, what, a, what a good ending. That is a very, a very sweet ending. Go, oh, no, that's very nice. That's very nice. Very, very, very nice. So yeah. So what do you think, Jules? Do you think do you think he's real or not real, or what? What, what was your thoughts? So I kept just being yeah. like, he's a ghost. <laughs> I don't know because like I, you know, I was trying to think about how you survive this film, and it's one of those things where if the character isn't sane at the beginning of the film, there's no real way to, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something where also, I guess you know, when he gets there and Inner's like, you don't have to be here, you can leave. Mm-hmm. 
maybe you leave. Maybe mm-hmm. you go, okay, if I come and check on my friend and my friend says, okay. And I told my boyfriend I was coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, that's maybe you, you know, you don't stay, but I'm, I'm not clear either. Right. Like mm-hmm. this all seems quite dreamlike and what is real and what is not, because we do see Lemoy. We do see him like this little boy who's running around. So you would, if he said he was an imaginary friend and now he is seeing him in the real life, I don't know, but he also says he saw him in real life when the first time they went to that abandoned house. So Lemoy seems tied to that house. So we'd assume that's like the old man's house that he goes to do the horrible things that he does. So it's all kind of that energy caught up in there. That's um, what it looks like, the flop yeah. house over there. And you're just like, mm-hmm. um, I like the ambiguousness of it, though. Yeah, like, me you too. can come to whatever kind of conclusion you want. What do you think? Yeah, I thought that too, honestly. And then that's why I was like online after I was like, duh, 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 duh. and it was like the director. Are there fan that- theories? Yeah, there was that was a similar thing, honestly. And they and then I was looking actually there was an article, I think, in the Hollywood Reporter even too, um, because this premiered at Outfest, which is I think lovely, one of my favorite film festivals in LA, big gay uh, film festival, which is fantastic. Shout out to Outfest, check them out, Outfest Fusion as well, with doing a bunch of stuff with like diversity um and the spectrum and stuff too. So good, good stuff. Um but yeah, basically the, he left it ambiguous for us. So it's like really um a lot of the letterbox stuff I got into was just like it's a perfect I um uh, you know, kind of meditation, isolation and loneliness, which I think is done so well in a place like this. Cause like mm-hmm. I said, when you have that much land in between you and, and the next neighbor, there is something to be said about that feeling. And then even like kind of how they use the grinder thing where it's like, if there's only this many people, there's like the closest guy was 40 kilometers away. Do you know what I mean? Though it's like, there's sure. just like that thing of like, you kind of cling to whoever you, you have. And so that feeling of losing a gay lover in such a like sparse country I think mm-hmm. would really feel so isolating and so lonely. Right. Um, and so them going through that, it really is a like a really, really extra layer of sadness. Sure. And, you know, the grinder thing is is very realistic. And it's something that, uh, you know, you know, when you meet somebody new in a space, especially if you're going to that person's house, there's all you're taking a chance, right? Like we've seen enough horror movies to know you know, this is why I always meet everybody in public because I'm like, I've seen too many horror movies. I know what my fucking chances are. Come on. Like, oh, I'm I- insistent. And when they're like, I would just come over. I'm like, no, no, no. Even if it's a coffee shop two blocks from here, do you know what I mean? They're like, we are meeting yeah. in a public place because I just want to make sure, A, you are who you say you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want like a catfish moment just showing up at my house. Like, if you can't meet me at a coffee shop or a bar, like, we don't yeah. need to meet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And also shout out to this film for making open spaces seem scary, right? Because we are always used to claustrophobic fear, but here's something where, you know, and not even a forest, like a forest is scary because you can't really see what's in there. But like now you have a space where you can see everything and it's all just terrifying because there's nothing, right? And that doesn't well, Because there's like chasms there's- and rifts all over. So you could just like be walking down a field and all of a sudden be like in a ditch. Like, yeah, because you don't they're know. not like- it's not like they're cobblestones, right? Like they're not like smooth rocks. It's very jagged and crazy. So going for a walk is kind of dangerous. Um, and so it's not like there's anywhere you can be comfortable and kind of sit down or anywhere to hide. There's nothing. I just remember like watching video, old videos of like Bjork walking around out in the middle of nowhere in Iceland and like yelling into caverns and like recording herself, like yelling and like getting the echo from those. Like, so she used like, I just keep thinking, sorry, I'm bringing Bjork back again because it's should. Iceland, but like, you know, I feel like there is something to be said for that of just like how that environment can shape sound and like how there's just these different things that you're going to get. So when you're getting those weird echoes of like, did we hear voices? It's like, who knows where that's actually emanating from? It could have been somebody who fell out there. That's why I think he goes out there because he's so worried about him, especially if he's sleepwalking in the middle of nowhere. Oh, anyway, beautiful film. 
pour fact um, for us if you would be so kind. I would love to gore you. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, bathtub of blood. Five, run for the barf bag. We give this film a three. It's not a heavy blood movie, but there's enough uh, gashing in of head and hands, um, I think, for the average viewer. Mm -hmm. So as far as movie ratings, we have one chainsaw if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastic oracle. I gave this film a three and a half. What did you give it? Um, I gave this one a four. I loved it. Um, I thought it was not too shabby. I think um, I really kind of loved, sometimes the ambiguous ending drives me crazy, but I also just loved getting online and being like, oh, I'm not alone. We were all, no one knows, but we all kind of can imbue ourselves in that mm -hmm. um, and, and the sadness and, and kind of, because it's like vibes. Do you know what I mean though? And I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. I think it's, 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 it's stark and it's a very different kind of, uh, visuals and pacing that we're used to i think but i think that's what i really like about it is it it, it does take its time and it's and it quite meditative and again is is a very we don't ever really know what is happening in this film which is kind of fun like you don't even know if your main character is on the level like he could be bonkers and and we would we would not know we would not know so if you liked uh, listening to us talk about this film or if you'd like to talk to us about this film you can find us online on twitter instagram facebook uh, we do have a patreon if you'd like to support us us ladies doing this us ladies doing it for ourselves doing it and ourselves. <laughs> i know i know, I know. <laughs> uh, we also have a teespring a store if you'd like to buy some merch if you would like to suggest any film to us we are always looking for good suggestions so please shout it out talk to us we are friendly friendly folk mostly unless you're no <laughs> yeah 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 we are we are we are, we are, we are. <laughs> unless you pay us to be otherwise we love you so much <laughs> have a great great week we'll see you again real soon bye discuss citizens bye thank you for listening horror movie survival guide is independently produced by terry gamble julia marchesi and sierra rhine hey that's me if you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash horror movie survival guide.